This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Hello, Taylor Nation, and welcome to another episode of Taylor Talk. This is episode 172. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. And Sammy. (laughs) (laughs) Sammy's trying to be Steve there. Steve is probably asleep right now. We're recording post-Grammys, because of course we had to see what the results were. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it is February 8th, 2015. This episode, by the time you hear it, will probably be February 9th, but... You know, who's counting days, right? Mm. As long as you get to hear it. So one big announcement before we get going. I think this is an exciting one. Pretty cool. So at the Grammys, uh, well, you know, Shake It Off may have done. um, Yeah, but. (laughs) It didn't win any awards. Taylor Swift did not win. But she had a lot of fun. Yeah. She did have a lot of fun. However. As of either today or yesterday, I kind of missed the exact threshold. Our Shake It Off episode, which I believe is episode 147, has officially hit 100,000 downloads by itself. That means over 100,000 of you out there decided to spend an hour hearing us babble on about Shake It Off. That's kind of insane. That's kind of cool. Scary, actually. That's sweet. (laughs) 100,000 downloads per episode. (laughs) Woohoo! But seriously, though, that is a phenomenally large audience, especially for podcasting. And I really, truly want to thank each and every one of you out there for making that happen. Like, it's totally awesome, and we couldn't have done it without you guys. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you for subscribing. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Carrying on with the episode, though, Sammy, what has been going on in the Taylor news? Hopefully some more positive things than the Grammys. Yeah. Um, so Taylor was nominated for um, several awards at the iHeart Radio Music Awards. She's nominated for Artist of the Year, Song of the Year for Shake It Off, Best Lyrics for Blank Space, and Best Fan Army. You can start voting on March 3rd, and the awards air on NBC on March 29th. Hey, Best Fan Army, that's us. Yeah. And uh, 1989 hit 6 million uh, copies sold worldwide this week. And the album has now spent 10 weeks at number one. And Taylor is the second female artist to reach that achievement, the first being Whitney Houston. And 1989 is Taylor's second album to reach that achievement. Wow. Yeah. And uh, Taylor presented Best New Artist at the Grammys tonight to her friend and Red Tour special guest, Sam Smith, who cleaned up. (laughs) Um, Taylor was nominated for Song of the Year, Record of the Year, and Pop Performance of the Year for Shake It Off. Unfortunately, she didn't win any of them, but she did have a heck of a time with her friend and date, Abigail. Excellent, excellent. Now, speaking of Sam Smith winning a Grammy and being a Red Tour guest, I came across an interesting article recently. About different artists that Taylor has propelled into the stratosphere. And he was listed as one of them because he was a virtual unknown when she invited him out as a guest on the Red Tour. And now all of a sudden he just took home how many Grammys tonight? I don't know. I lost count. Four. Four? Yep. Four Grammys. Just what? Two years later? Not even. He was a special guest a a year ago. Less than a year ago, right? Because I was in London. Yeah, it was like July or J- February 1st. Boom. That's the power of the tailor. Mm-hmm. Bichelle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for our main discussion today, this is really exciting. We're going to be talking about one of my absolute favorite songs on 1989. Diane, stop yawning. What? I heard that. What? <laughs> I heard that. I'm like really excited about this discussion and Diane sitting behind the mic like yawning. That is not how we behave in the Taylor Talk studios, miss. I apologize. I didn't even hear it. You could have ignored it. Is it, <laughs> it, it, it? It's not too late to apologize. No. Oh, you went there. See what I did there? So <laughs> we're going to be chit-chatting about um, about I Know Places, which was co-written by, by uh, Ryan Tedder of One Republic. So that's where that uh, pun came from. That's what I figured. I kind of led you into that one. That's why I said the word apologize. Oh, you did not do that deliberately. Don't don't act like that. No way. Don't act like you did that on purpose. No. I did. 
There's about to be a SmackDown in the studio. Sammy's going to ref. She's the referee. <laughs> Just don't get in the way, Sammy. Don't get in the way. You'll get yourself hurt. No, no, no I won't. <laughs> I know places. Yeah, so I know places. It is one of the cooler songs, in my opinion, at least. I think this is a really cool song. Does anyone want to just give a brief overview of what it's about? Um, I can. It's basically about a relationship that um, it has a lot of people judging it and trying to get in the way of it. And it's, you know, she uses, like, the images of, of foxes trying to hide and escape you know, being hunted, basically. And, yeah, that's that's basically the gist of the song. So it's pretty much two people in a relationship escaping the media, in a nutshell. Well, the media and, you know, just people in general that are trying eye. to have judge judgment on their relationship. Right. Now, I, like, one of the things that appeals to me so much about this is is the foxes and hunters reference, and I have no idea why. Like, I just think it's such a cool... I think it's it's a really good a visual image of this relationship. It's a lot like her use of, you know, trees and out of the woods being, you know, monsters. And in, in I Know Places, she uses foxes and hunters, you know, trying to escape each other. I think musically, this song is awesome. It's so different for her. And it just, it sounds so awesome. Do you know what's really neat about it? You know how Taylor always drops clues like all over the place and fans always think they're witty enough to pick up on them and we never are? Yes. No, we pick up on ones that aren't clues. Like, like <laughs> Cardinal Rose and, and, you know, the whole rose and watercolor. And the, Although the watercolor the thing wasn't far off because uh, no, she because used that for the perfume. And she painted a blue flower. So those colors were actually accurate. Yeah, but it didn't mean that. No, it the didn't album mean was going to be called Roses. And... No. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, what I'm getting at is by complete accident, I came across an old interview from last year mm-hmm. with um, that Taylor gave to Teen Vogue back in May 2014. And it was one of those rapid fire things like, what's your favorite book? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite this? Whatever, right? And they asked, what's your favorite spirit animal? And her answer was, a fox, because they have to run and hide a lot. And I have to run and hide a lot, too. I didn't mean that to sound sad. In my head, it sounded like more of a statement when I said it. Sounded like something you say before you cry. Ha! That is really sad. (laughs) Stealer! But she didn't mean it to sound sad. But anyway, I just thought that was really intriguing that I, I literally came across this on accident. I don't even know how I found it exactly. But I was like, huh, that could be pretty relevant in our discussion on uh, this week's episode. So For sure. I used it, and I just thought that was real. real. Didn't the <laughs> one-year um, anniversary of her writing this song just pass? Yes. She tweeted about was, that. Uh, uh, hold. I will find out. Like January something? I want to say it was January 25th, but I could just be making up numbers. Hold on. <laughs> Sammy's Wait, Sammy's looking it up. But in the meantime, though, Diane, um, if it, it is... January 22nd. Sorry? January 22nd. Whoa, you where'd go. you go? January 22nd. Okay, Perfect. <laughs> January 22nd. So a couple weeks ago. By that then, Diane, this actually was a hint because this interview took place a few months after. A few months after. after. And it and it makes sense because, I mean, she still thinks of herself as a fox. Yeah. Trying to hide from the hunters, a.k.a. paparazzi or media <laughs> or whatever you want to call them. Yes. Now, this this is one of the three songs that had a voice memo associated with it, and it is the voice memo of her just original concept that she sent over to Ryan Tedder and is like, this is where I want to go with it, and then they ran from there. And it's very interesting because the concept is definitely all Taylor. And I know Ryan Tedder even commented on it, explaining, like, anyone who doubts if she writes her own stuff, she sure does. Yeah. So, you know, that's definitely a little fun bonus to this song because we get to see a little bit more. And that original version, you do actually see bits and pieces of what ended up making it into the final version. Oh, for sure. It's not that far off from, you know, the final performance that we get. Sound-wise, it's different because she's recording it, A, on her phone and B, on a piano. Um, But lyrically, you know, 
bits of it are different, but it's it's very similar. The idea is there, and the images of the foxes and the hunters are there. I yeah. would say the mood of the song is the same. Yeah, I think that's accurate. She just made some slight changes. Yeah. Well, she nailed the concept, and like Sammy was mentioning on the piano, she even says in the voice memo, it's not intended to be on piano. That's just where she writes. Which is Which is interesting because, you know, for me... I'm obsessed with this song. I think musically it's just so original for her and it's one of my favorite songs, but I really like it on the piano. I do too. I I almost wish that she would perform it on tour with just the piano. Like, I love the sound of it, but I feel like it's almost more haunting sounding on the piano. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Oh, definitely. I think so too. Like, when I first heard um, the real version, I guess, of um, I Know Places... I felt like I had a hard time hearing her because the sound was so loud. But then when mm-hmm. I heard it um, on the um, piano, I was like, whoa, I was completely blown away. And I wish that she had um, picked that instead of. The, yeah, I agree. I think that, I think for me. Oh, sorry. No, no, no that's it. Go ahead. Um, like the the echoing in the final version almost takes away from you being able to hear for, hear her. And I think that she's able to achieve the same sounds with her own voice in the, in the recording, but the, the repetition part isn't there like behind her and mm-hmm. it's almost makes her words stronger. Yeah, I agree. Were you guys done? Yes, we're done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the song itself then. So it opens up, because you guys are talking about the sound, so let's talk sound. Opens up with sort of a, a tape player sound. Yep. What do you guys think the purpose of that effect is? Like, is it just for the vintage sound to be all like, oh, 1989, they listen to cassette tapes? Yeah, I mean, I think that that has a little bit to do with it. I think it's also, I don't know, I kind of feel like it's supposed to be... Like, rather than you picturing a certain relationship, because obviously you're going to do that when you hear a Taylor song, I think it's almost to make it so it could be about any relationship. And it's almost like she's listening to the song. You know, do you, Does that make sense? Like, that's kind of the feeling that I got the first time I heard it. It was like she was listening to this song and it was like somebody else's song. I don't know why. Like, obviously, I can see where you're going with that, Sammy. And then um, I want to take that farther a little bit. So because this um, relationship is being watched so much um, in the song, it's almost like the relationship is being recorded. And the fact that the song is um, on a tape, it kind of like brings that full circle. Do you know what I mean? Taking it even beyond that, Diane, you're saying that the relationship's being recorded. Mm -hmm. This appears towards the end of the album, presumably after the relationship was over. So why is it like a mid-relationship love story? It's because she's playing the tape back. You could see it that way, or you could also see it as this is the moment when the media found out about this relationship and this is the first time that it became public. I don't know. I kind of disagree with that, especially because of the, the placement on the album. I kind of agree with Adam's like thought of like playing it back, but I feel like she's playing it back because it's at the point where the relationship has ended for the second time. It's totally over and she's playing it back to see like almost the parts where it started breaking down. And I feel like, you know, as soon as the, like she thinks in the song or in real life, that the moment that the media found out about this relationship is where it started going downhill and there was no saving it. Oh, oh, Sammy, Sammy. Yeah. What if at this point, because clean is the next and final song on the album, what if she's playing it back because she has to come to terms with what happened before clean can happen? That's exactly what I think. Yes. You guys could write a fan <laughs> fiction about this. <laughs> like you're creating this whole story. The album is a story, though. We've I talked know. about that so many times. I know. It's just funny. So many times about this album being an entire story. It's concept album. It's got an overarching story. Yeah, I agree. Like it's. Yes, I agree. So she had to play back a previous moment to come to terms with it before she could be clean. Yep. Okay. That's when she was finally clean. Okay, Adam. Well, it wasn't until the tape ended was she clean, but yeah, we'll give you that. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's look right. at some of the lyrics then, see what we can pull out of that. 
The verse one, first verse, opens up with, you stand with your hand on my waistline. It's a scene and we're out here in plain sight. I can hear them whisper as we pass by. It's a bad sign. Bad sign. I mean, I think that this kind of reflects what we were just talking about or what I was talking about, about the moment that the paparazzi or the media or whoever found out about this relationship, that it was like between the two of them, like, you know, this personal moment of like, his hands on her waistline and then you know they're standing in plain sight and all of a sudden the lights are on them and she knows that it's downhill from there that's that's exactly it sammy it's like they're about to be caught it's like they're out there in plain sight and they're they're about to get caught do you know what it actually reminds me of (laughs) i kind of picture harry potter under his invisibility cloak (laughs) (laughs) if only taylor swift had one of those all her problems would be solved Seriously. Well, it's because the specifically the part she's like, I can hear them whisper as we pass by. It like reminds me of one of those scenes where like Harry's in under his cloak of invisibility <laughs> and walking by and you can hear people whispering and talking and they're all around him and he's right there and they have no idea. Yeah. Hmm. I also get, I mean, I know that she uses the images of foxes, but I get the image of like a deer in the headlights where it's like, you know, the lights are st- are shining on the deer and the deer just stands there and doesn't know what to do. And they're like, maybe if I don't move, they won't notice me kind of thing. <laughs> that's that's the image I get. I like my image better. <laughs> well, my image do. makes sense to everybody. Your image makes sense to a very small portion of Oh, yes, audience. a small portion that only read like, you know, the best selling book series of all time. Can you guys email me if you haven't read Harry Potter? I want to prove to Adam that a big chunk of our audience has not read or seen Harry Potter. It's because of the age. Steve hasn't read it either. Yeah, exactly. They're either too old or they're they're too too young. young. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So next verse then, we get a little more visual. Something happens when everybody finds out. See the vulture circling dark clouds. Loves a fragile little flame. It could burn out. It could burn out. So she really thinks this then, that when people find out about her and um, a person, like, that's when their relationship goes downhill. I don't know if she thinks that in general or if that's what happened in this relationship. Because, I mean, I guess if you look back on all of her relationships, it kind of seems like that did happen that every time the media figured it out that the relationship just sort of burned out. Um, But I feel like she, like she means that in this, you know, specific relationship. But again, I really like the visual of, you know, I'm going to get graphic, but like almost vultures circling a dead body that has been sitting by a fire and the fire burned out and he froze to death or whatever. That's kind of how, it works though right because when two people start um going out who are famous the media tries to just go after them like they become victims you know well that's what that's what it is diane it's i don't think she sees that the media discovering her relationship as being the downfall i think she sees it what this song is is trying to capture is that the media is trying to take them down and and blow out their little flame. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I can see that. Like, I think that's more what it's about than, than her thinking there's some predetermined fate where, oh, the media found out about us. I guess we're going to be uh, done for now. Cause, I no, mean, I, think it's, I think it's more of like the media f- is finding out. It's more of like a present tense as opposed to it's, it already – I don't know how to explain it. Like – the media is finding out about us and it's ruining us as opposed to the media will find out about us and it's going to ruin us. Or Does that make no, sense? I, I think it's that they are trying, the media is trying to ruin them, Sammy. I don't think it's that the media mm. is going to because there are plenty of celebrity couples that can endure the media. Look at Brangelina, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Like, I mean, I'm They're sure they've together, been scrutinized. Yeah. I don't follow them nearly as closely as I do Taylor, but I'm sure they have been scrutinized in the media for one thing or another, and they're still together. Yeah, they're very rare, though. I mean, I can tell you probably a hundred celebrity couples that have broken up and have been in the media versus like five that haven't. Well, I'm sure it's hard, you know, to have something trying to, you know... um I guess 
try to always have an um, opinion about what you're doing in um, in um, your relationship. Like it just adds another um, another um, element that you just don't need there. Well, I yeah. think what's unique with Taylor in this sense is that she's interpreting the media as deliberately trying to break up her relationship. And I don't think the media does that to everybody. Like, who is it recently that just announced a baby pregnant something? Justin Timberlake is having a baby. Justin yes. Timberlake. Justin Timberlake is going to be a daddy. That's the one. Well, he's not having a baby. His wife is having a baby, but that was wrong. Well, I mean, don't people say we're having a baby, like, as a couple? Yeah, but it's really the woman that's having the baby. The man is just there. (laughs) <laughs> okay that that's not the, that's not the point i'm getting okay. that's not the point i'm getting at the point i'm getting at is that the media is celebrating that not trying to make an issue no, that's out not of it. just wait a, until week, they actually have the baby before, a week before he announced it like i mean everybody knew that she was pregnant for a really long time well not a really long time but several months now and at the same time they were reporting that they were getting divorced yeah, and I'm sure once they have this kid, they're going to be like, oh, she's a bad mom. Look at her doing this to her kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. They take people um, apart. But I, I think the thing with the song also is that while for Taylor, it's about the media either trying to or deliberately ruining a relationship, it can also be, you know, for anybody who has is in a relationship and has a lot of people telling them this that and the other thing about the relationship it doesn't necessarily have to be the media do you know what i mean yeah and i I think that i think that that's an important thing to remember with this song because you know taylor has said that this album you know isn't is about us you know so obviously we don't have the media following us around we have you know friends and family members telling us who we should and should not date just like Taylor has the media. And I think that that's an important element of the song. Well, Sammy, that's definitely an important element because that's how people are going to relate to the song. But from Taylor's perspective, I do think that her vultures are the media. I I would agree. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, it's got to be hard for her friends and family that are hearing the things from the media that may or may not be true and you know they have to go to her and be like you know i don't know that you should be dating this person because of this that the other thing they don't know what's true either you know what i mean like you know obviously taylor can be like no that's not true but like as a parent or a friend you would still be concerned like you know what if he is cheating on her what if the media is right even though generally i I, I just i disagree i Uh... think family and friends would know better but i mean that's that's neither here nor there that's not really the, the point of the discussion here with the song specifically. Um, something I do want to take a look at, though, is, is looking at the imagery of that verse about the vultures specifically. Because, mm-hmm. first of all, it, it draws up a cool image in your mind of, like, the vultures yep. circling. And yep. I, I think that everybody that is trying to scrutinize a relationship, they are, like, dirty, disgusting vultures ready to, like, pick at you and mm-hmm. eat you yeah. alive and... And they're, and I think that the image of them being, you know, storm clouds is pretty accurate as well because they're like, you know, ruining your life or day or relationship or whatever. Well, it just evokes the right emotion and there's an evolution through the song because the first scene that she sets up that we just talked about, about being here in plain sight and hear them whisper as we pass by, it's a little bit lighter. It's She says it's a bad sign then all of a sudden the storm hits. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just that's just a cool progression, and it's very cool visual too, and it definitely accurate accurately represents the emotions you're supposed to be feeling when you hear those. And then the song goes on. They got the cages, they got the boxes and guns. We are the or the, 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 the they are the hunters. We are the foxes, and we run. <laughs> it kind of goes full circle because you know it's. The first verse is talking about how they're seen in plain plain sight and then they just like stay still almost. And then once it gets to the the third line, third section of the first verse, then they bolt out running. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Do you know what this actually this is going to be ridiculous for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. But what I always picture in this song, there's an episode of Futurama. Oh my, here we go. 
<laughs> He's using so many references people won't get, Adam. Some so people watch many. this show. Futurama's on Not Netflix, many. and if I explain the scene properly, then they'll understand. So there's basically an episode where it, it is fox hunting, and it's these guys that do it for sport, and they wear those little red suits, and it, it's like this classy thing. And But, like, really, they're not very good people because they're hunters, and they kill animals for sports. And Going off of that, Arf, I don't know anything about hunting because I'm from the city. I'm not from any country place. Um are foxes hunted for sport? Can you eat foxes? You can eat foxes. Do people eat foxes? I don't know if people, people eat it, but they're they're hunted. They, they are hunted for sport. It's like a they're game. Hunted for, they're hunted for sport, and they're hunted for their fur. Okay, so then that makes sense because the media goes after people like um, Taylor Swift for sport because it's something that they do it it's something that they feel like they can make money off of so there's yeah. really and there's also, no purpose to it besides you know for their own self-serving reasons the image of foxes is really interesting though because you know they look super cute but they're also very vicious and so you know she purposefully didn't use the image of a deer who isn't going to hurt anybody and gets hunted and she purposely didn't use like a wolf who is obviously not, you know, you know, Wolves a little so bit. Cute. They're still well, pretty they're scary. super cute. Sammy, beyond you know, that, though, she used foxes because they are her spirit animal. They run and hide. Yeah, and they're cute and vicious. Things like wolves will fight. They won't hide. Foxes will fight you, too. That's the point of what I'm saying. No, she, ju- she said foxes run and hide. Yes, but they also fight. The amount of times I've heard dogs and foxes get into fights in the middle of the night is unreal. All right, whatever. Well, either way, what I was trying to say with the uh, whole Futurama reference, though, is that the hunters, like, kind of look, they look classy on the surface. Like, they're very educated and, and what's the word? Gentleman's sport. Gentleman. It's a gentleman sport. And because it's like, likewise, certain media outlets look very gentlemanly and very classy and but really, they're kind of trashy because even the mainstream ones that have good reputations do this to Taylor also. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I would agree. I would agree with that. So I, I don't know if that was deliberate, but that's something I pull out of the song personally, for sure. Like something that kind of pops in my mind. So I just thought that was interesting as well. And then moving on to the chorus, you got baby. I know places we won't be found and they'll be chasing their tails trying to track us down. <laughs> I, I, I know places we can hide. I know places. That's not, okay. You you did the I, but you didn't do the hide part. I, I figured I hurt people's ears enough with the first that one. That was so very considerate of you. Yeah, that was nice. Thanks. I, I do what I can. Now, something very odd and interesting with the chorus is, why are the hunters chasing their tails? That's what I was just going to say. I love that. Yeah, it's. It's in, it's it's in, it's interesting how she almost switches it, and all of a sudden the hunters become foxes, and they become like deer. Or oh, I think I know eat. why. Do tell. Okay, so in verse one, she's talking about they are the hunters, we are the foxes, and and we run. So in the first verse, they have no power; they're just trying to leave. In the chorus, the media sort of becomes the foxes because they lose the power because she's going to hide. So it's like she's calling the shots now. So it's like the power switch. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I don't see them becoming foxes. No, I don't either. I'm kind of something I'm kind of seeing now, maybe, is when it says they'll be chasing their tails. Maybe it's sort of she's still referring to to herself and the male character as the fox and when she's saying they'll be chasing their tails, it's like, oh, yeah, that's my fox. I shot it. Well, or maybe well, they're the, going the, in the circles thi- trying to find The them. thing with, with fox hunters is that they use dogs to find the foxes. Oh, yeah. So the image of do- of dogs chasing their tails, you know, obviously hunters are not chasing their tails, but the, a dog chases their tail. So... The, they're using, you know, if you're taking it literally, the hunter is using a dog to find the foxes. 
so the media would be using a dog to find Taylor, who is a fox. Hmm. Who are the dogs? Paparazzi? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> she's just, you know, she's sticking with, with the image of a fox being hunted and a fox, you can't hunt a fox without a dog because the dog finds the fox. You, you're not going to just sneak up on a fox and be like, boom, I shoot you dead. Like, yeah. you need the dog. Okay. I gotcha. I can see that. So Does anyone just, have anything else on the chorus, though? Um, I just, I mean, there's, it's really not um anything. I just want to know what places she's talking about. Where are these places she can't be found? Yeah, her, her fortress her that's guarded by her personal <laughs> that's security team. The only thing team. I can think of, like, does she have some like secret underground tunnel or? Well, she know. has an underground lair <laughs> <laughs> for foxes only. It's Apparently, fox it's. it's- it doesn't work so well. Her foxhole is not so well hidden. Well, I wonder if she means that metaphorically as well, like not a literal place to hide, but like she just knows ways to, I guess, get around the media to sort of hide yeah, from I mean, them. How do you I mean, send that, them on the that, wrong path? I don't know, but I'm sure that not every time that she hangs out with a guy has been documented. Like that's not humanly possible. I mean, you know, if they stay out or, or stay in or if they – you know, sneak into the movies. Like, I know a lot of celebrities that, like, dress into costumes in order to sneak out. Like, so obviously not every single time they hang out is going to be documented. So clearly it is possible. Mm, I guess so. So the next verse, uh, lights flash and we'll run for the fences. Let them say what they want. We won't hear it. Loose lips sink ships all the time. It's my favorite line. You can't I know yourself. it's my favorite line too. Oh. However, however, I made a commitment to one of our listeners once that I would no longer swear on this show. Oh, oh, Taylor my. Swift said it. It's not a swear Taylor word. Taylor says it. Uh, Taylor says it. It's a song lyric. It's not a swear word. Oh, okay. Fine. Someone else say it then. Damn Loose time. <laughs> all the damn time. Not this time. Um, <laughs> that that's definitely it's interesting, Sammy. You said that because that's like my favorite as well. Like it just stands out in my head, and it like it just makes so much sense in you know what Taylor's trying to talk about about you know the media, um, you know trying like you having loose lips about where they are, and all of a sudden the paparazzi's are all over them, and you know it works in that sense. It works in the sense of like. You know, if you are in a relationship and you're trying to hide from your family and friends, it just visually it's an awesome line. I just I love that line. Do you know what deeply saddened me though, Sammy? What? I found out that that line is a common saying. It's like a yeah, of it's course a, it is. a cliche. So I was yeah. so upset to find that out. It, this was the first yeah. time I had heard no, it, and cliche. I thought it was a Taylor I mean, one. But I think the line it's not all the damn time. It's you know loose. No, lips no, no. Sink it's ships. loose lips sink ships. Yeah. Uh, and, and I found that out actually because. Um, you know, I'm taking uh, classes. I'm, I'm working towards my master's right now. And one of the instructors there at the university, he he said that. And I was like, Taylor Lyric. And then I was like, wait a second. This guy's about 100 years old. He doesn't know Taylor's music. Yeah, no. It's and good. I was like, it's oh. A, well, I think one of the reasons why it works in this song is because she's talking about beforehand. She's talking about foxes. She's talking about hunting. So the... Loose lips sink ships. The visual of ships doesn't fit, so that's why it stands out. But if this song had been about boats and water, it wouldn't stand out. Yeah, just I can see thought. that. I, I mean, I think, I think the cliche it just fits in the, with the images that she's trying to portray, especially in this verse about you know lights flashing on them. Like you know, it's kind of like you know the the foxes are like sneaking around in the woods in the dark and all of a sudden the lights flash on them because you know someone has like ratted them out almost you well, know what i mean hold up sammy let's talk about that for a sec though lights flash something i find mm-hmm. very interesting about that visual is at, at first my mind at least at first went to the gunfire that's lights flash but then i was like oh paparazzi cameras yeah. no, it's like paparazzi cameras and like you know if you literally are talking about foxes it's like you know you hunt them it's best to do it at night i don't know why um and you lights. like yes yes are they nocturnal 
I, I don't. Yeah. I honestly, that's an honest yeah, question. I don't know. I think, they, I think they are nocturnal. Maybe that's just when they come out at that nighttime. I don't know anything about foxes. So. I, I only know. Gosh, we should have researched foxes before doing I, this we episode. We obviously should have. We should have. I've read seen the, the fox and the hound like a thousand times. It's all I'm doing this based on is the cartoon. Well, what we really should have, what we really should have done is invited a veterinarian as our guest on this episode <laughs> to replace Steve's position since to he could not make it. Fox behavior. Yeah, <laughs> let's find a fox vet. But yeah, I think if you know the way that this song works is that you have to look at it literally as if you are a fox as if you know she's singing about foxes and then you have to look at it figuratively Mm -hmm. so literally i think she means flashlights finding the foxes figuratively i think she means paparazzi flashes flashes yeah no you're i don't know i like gunfire reference better why because but i don't think you can yes it's violent if you're looking at a gun i don't think you can see it like spark i also don't know how guns work so hmm, i don't know well, let's go ask somebody who's been shot if they saw a spark when a gun went off. Sammy, enough with the violence. <laughs> Jeez. Well, <laughs> All right. Well, the next line then is is intriguing as well. Let them say what they want. We won't hear it. Like, obviously, they do hear it, though. That, that's why I'm just sort of like, hmm. I think it's like motivational thinking. They're just like, oh, no, don't worry. Um, 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 it like, uh, um, it, um, it. Like, you know, um, th- this will be okay. You know, it's just kind of a positive. Perhaps they'll just shake it gesture. off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, as hard as she tries to not have the media ruin a relationship and she says, you know, just shake it off. Um, she obviously knows that it's, it's going to affect a relationship, even if it doesn't break it up. So, you know, she's like, well, let's just not hear it, you know, just ignore it, just shake it off and, you know, it'll be fine kind of thing. Well, I think this verse as a whole, Sammy, is optimistic because right after Loose Lips sink ships all the damn time, not this time. So, yeah. Uh, you know, there there is a sense of optimism, which is interesting because earlier there's such dark visuals and like the vultures and i feel like it kind of it kind of goes back and forth because you know later on she talks about being bulletproof and like you know then it goes back to being dark again so like the second verse is about you know being with each other and escaping it together and you know even though you know that it's gonna end in tragedy and end basically the same way it always ends like you still have to try you know what i mean Mm -hmm. sammy yeah just grab my hand and don't ever drop it i love (laughs) they are the hunters we are the foxes and we run (laughs) (laughs) i think this is one of the just interesting uh interesting i i it's a it's a romantic visual it is it's and it's like really they, the first time that you get that except from the very first line in the song about the waistline and the hand. Yeah. Yeah. So it is like Sammy said, it's sort of ups and downs. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just kind of cool. It's just a romantic image. Like I always see two people holding hands and running through the woods, escaping That's the hunters. And like you could totally make like a young adult film out of this right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> out of this one verse. I just thought that's cool. But then it also goes back, like, because the chorus repeats itself. Like, the first verse is kind of interesting how it's so dark, and then... Sorry, snowplow. Um, How it's so dark, and then, you know, the chorus starts out about, I know places we won't be found, and chasing their tails trying to track us down. And then the second verse is about, you know, being with each other and trying to escape it together, and then the chorus plays again. Like, it's kind of an interesting, like, how how it, the transition, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but how it goes from being really dark and scary to being, we're going to do this together. I guess how the mood changes and how it evolves. Yeah. The evolution of the song. Yeah. That is the word I mood. Was that's for. an English class word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing those in. But yeah, like Sammy said, the chorus does go again and. Um, and then it even does it repeat that line again, or do we have a typo in our notes? Uh, I don't think it repeats. I think you have a typo. Well, you I know, blame Diane. The lyric book has some iffy things. Yeah, the lyrics are just all the over. The lyrics place. are like wrong in the they're lyric book so in the wrong. album, and they're not even like the lyrics that she had 
in the the voice memo, they're just plain wrong. Yeah, it's very confusing. I don't know where the disconnect happened. Uh, but if you want the lyrics, you have to listen to the song. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Now let's just move on then, because the song does something interesting and more or less ends with the bridge, which is probably one of the most powerful spots in the song. You know, they yeah. take their shots, but we're bulletproof. You know, for me, it's always you in the dead of night. Your eyes so green. That's Taylor talking about me again. <laughs> I have green eyes. Okay. I know for you, it's always me. I think it's, well, first of all, I would like to say that I think that this is one of the few songs on the album that is not about a certain British boy. Um, but, you know, that's personal preference. Personal well, really Sammy, that's because it's about me. It, it, yeah, it's about you, Adam. Um, it doesn't matter <laughs> at all. But, um, I mean, it doesn't, but it does. Because if you look at the relationship, like... You know, they were fine until all of a sudden the media found them, whereas the British boy, like, they were just, you know, out in public pretty much immediately. And so it's kind of interesting. But the reason why I like the bridge is because I think it's interesting how she uses bulletproof, um, because that goes back to the, the image of, you know, being hunted by foxes. And um, it's like she uses bulletproof in an earlier song on fearless that i can't think of off the top of my head now i have to google it um, um is it uh, this is gonna irk me oh it's that it's uh, i retweeted it on some uh, reblog tell me why somewhere. is it tell me why yeah it might be wait so what do they have in there the word bulletproof the word bulletproof bulletproof hmm google where's steve am, when we need am, him yeah, seriously it's, it's tell me why it's tell me why yeah, and you look me. at it and you might think I'm bulletproof, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. I took a chance. I took a shot. And you might think I'm bulletproof, but I'm not. Um, but I, so just, I don't know that. I, I think that's a coincidence, yeah. though. I, yeah, Taylor I uses. Say, I don't know that they're related, but I just think it's interesting. She uses common visuals throughout like all her albums. And I yeah. think that's just because it's what's familiar to her. So and, I think again, and I think, again, it goes along with the image of a fox being hunted. That's probably any, exactly why she used it in this be song. Hunt, being hunted, because obviously if you're being hunted, you're going to be hunted with a gun. Yeah. Um, but I think probably the most important part of this bridge is the fact that um, it ends with... Okay, so the last three lines, the only thing that is, um, is um, talked about there is her and this person, and that's it. Yeah. Which is cool because um, at the beginning of the song, it's her and the media and all these people who want to um, to um, weigh in on their relationship. But at the end of the song, she's like, the the um, only thing that matters is me and this person, which is a really great message. Well, I think that goes with the whole swing we were talking about where it starts very dark and then shows a sense of optimism. Yeah, and I and I think that that that's, it makes it even more interesting is that when you think about it in terms of what we talked about earlier about it being being a tape player that she's listening back on the relationship before she becomes clean of the relationship. Like it's really interesting that the last lines of the song are almost optimistic when the whole rest of the song is pretty not optimistic. What's the opposite of optimistic? I don't know. Pessimistic. There we go. <laughs> the, the whole rest of the song is pessimistic. And, you know, it's almost like she becomes clean. But at the same time, she knows that, you know, the relationship as bumpy as it was and as many obstacles got in the way, it was still about them. All right, Sammy, the million dollar question. Yes. Will this song be on tour? Yes or no? I hope so. Diane? <laughs> yes. And I want to. I want an um, acoustic performance, but I probably yeah. Won't. I don't I think want, you're gonna get it. I don't think I will either. But I, I want. don't think you're gonna get it. It's the sound of this song is way yeah. too powerful, and it'll be really cool to hear that live. Now, put on your director's hats for a minute. Does anybody have an idea if they were sitting in the director's chair how they would make a music video out of this song? I do. Um, I mean, it's not the best Sammy idea. Sammy do. Sammy does. I was. <laughs> trying to do begin again you know I do. Oh. Um, 
<laughs> I, I didn't pick up on that either. I was like, what? That one went over um, both your heads. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, you going with the images of the foxes, like, I kind of picture, like, I don't know, the, the images of, like, the haunted photo shoot of her in the woods and the photo that she posted of, like, for Out of the Woods. Like, I kind of picture her in, like, the dark woods, like, running with a guy. Maybe we see him, maybe we don't. And the it's the paparazzi aren't chasing them like they're actual like hunters and it's just basically her playing it out like in the woods does that make sense yeah i see what you're saying and it's actually interesting you said that because there is a longtime taylor talk listener evan who's who sent us his idea of what he thought this music video would be and it was actually kind of similar similar to what you were saying at least the way i interpret what he sent us was where Taylor starts by hitting the cassette tape and it sort of plays out in the wood settings and it's almost a ghostly Taylor being followed by paparazzi. So the way I envision what what Evan came up with for this director's chair concept is like these sort of ghosts like Taylor and the other characters are almost a transparent black and white and all the mm-hmm. colors are in the imagery of the of the forest and the woods mm-hmm. and that's really creepy yeah <laughs> it, it, it it was it's pretty creepy in my head so yeah but it'd be pretty cool wouldn't it yeah it would i don't i don't know that it'll be a single but yeah no i don't know if it will either that's why it's fun for us to play the director's chair <laughs> game so we can come up with our own ideas for music video that's the point, yeah. Sammy. That's the point, Sammy. <laughs> I get it. I get it, guys. Now, Sammy, I think I know the answer <laughs> to this question. Uh-huh. But I'm going to ask you, if you were to rank this song on a scale from 1 to 13, where 1 is absolutely disgustingly awful and Ooh. 13 <laughs> is phenomenally amazing, how would you rank this song? Um, I've been obsessed with this song since the first time I heard it, and the um voice memo only amplified my obsession with it i give it a 13 yay wow <laughs> diane i give it an 11 no diane just doesn't no. like that no no absolutely not retract that <laughs> statement right now no 11. i want to hear point why. five no no stop adam, adam that's my why. opinion sorry you're not entitled to opinions around here as long as they she is, I want to hear why. Okay, okay. Can you explain where it lost points then? When I first heard it, I thought the music was too loud and I couldn't understand her. So I was like, what is happening? I don't get it. Um, so I wish she would have sang it um, acoustically. I realize that it sounds cool and I realize that it sounds different, which is all well and good, but I love... Um, lyrics more than music and i want to be able to get the lyrics acoustic taylor is old taylor though 1989 taylor is not acoustic i don't don't think acoustic is the right word because she doesn't play it acoustic on the voice memo she plays it on the piano maybe maybe simplified is a better word yeah simplified simplified okay because i think her voice sounds really good in the song and i just want to hear it i give it a 13 (laughs) <laughs> of course you do. You're gonna rank every, every single song, song gets on a thirteen. That's because every song deserves a thirteen. And something I did forget to point out at the beginning of the conversation is when the song starts out with, uh, you know, arguably the most complex lyrics of the song. I I I I I I I. Oh yeah, we never talked about um, that. You know that I, I tease and joke because it it it. Uh, you know, is obviously not the most complex lyrics, but the sound which Diane marked the song down for is a very frantic. It keeps with that yeah. frantic theme on the yeah, album, very with startled. the repetitive, like uh, startled and scared, mm-hmm. like Diane said. And it, so. and it repeats throughout the whole song, which is very interesting. That it's like even when it gets to the point where they're hiding together and they're escaping together, it still has that that image and sound of franticness and you know trying to escape something well it's because they are frantic and they're running and it's definitely something i didn't want to forget and that's why i brought it up why do you think she used the word i instead of like oh 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 like in the uh voice memo yeah why i it just sounds better with the music yeah i think there's no 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 no. i don't think there's any any more but i think but i think she also used no 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 in the um voice memo because she didn't have any words there because uh, okay. it, it starts in the middle of a sentence. 
Because she's like, no, 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 waiting at the back door. Okay. Yeah, things like that. So hope everybody enjoyed our discussion of uh, I Know Places, episode 172, I Know Places. I thought I thought it was a good discussion. I, I thought we nailed some points. Like, bam. Bam. Like, bam. Bam. That's how like, it Like, I'm all, Bam. So unlike last week where we may have uh, <coughs> skipped over <coughs> your mini segments, we have Oopsies. them this week. So starting with our segment, you know, your Swifty When, which are all submitted by you guys out there in the audience. Diane, can you give us our first one, please? This first one comes from Taylor Talk Fan 13 Ooh, cool name. I, yeah, they have a nice username. Um, and they say, you know your Swifty when you have recorded almost every Taylor performance from the Red 1989 era and watch every night. That's a lot of TV. That is I, I, that is a lot. And I have a I have a thing from like 2010 on my DVR, so I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one is an email from Joe, and he said, "You know you're know you're a Swifty when you use how to get the girl lyrics, ask a girl out." It did not go well. well she missed out. That breaks my heart. But y'all, did you see the video of the wedding party that they walked down the aisle to how to get how you get the girl? You mean they walked back? Uh, yes, they walked they back. Oh my god! I'm yeah, how clever! It was so really cute. cute. It's so cute. But Joe, I feel very badly for you, and hey, I kind of want to hear what happened. You know, it it, it <laughs> always it always sucks, but then it's better in the end because if she didn't appreciate that, then there's someone better out there anyway. Yeah, if someone asked me out using how to get how you get the girl, I would say yes. Or any Taylor say. lyrics. Uh, yeah, pretty much any Taylor lyrics. I, if, if somebody asked Sammy out not using Taylor lyrics, but then was just like, oh, by the way, Taylor Swift. Sammy would be like, ah! <laughs> You said Probably Taylor, okay. Be like, not using Taylor lyrics, and then be like, you want to go see Taylor concert? Yes, I will go out with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Red T Swift emailed us and said, you know you're Swifty when you get a new updated iPod Touch and your first thought is, yes, I can finally play the Blank Space Experience. <laughs> I recently got a new iPod, and this was the first thing I thought when I went into the App Store. I really like it so far. Oh, yeah. The iPod was also red. I did that on purpose. Nice. I haven't played the Blank Space Experience in a long time. I played it, like, yesterday. Did I got really? so frustrated with it, and I just gave up. I've been obsessed lately with showing it to other people. <laughs> that, that, like, I'm just like, look what Taylor did. Oh, that's, that's your baby, and you're real proud. I think it's such a cool <laughs> app. All right, this next one comes from Rachel via text message, and she says, you know you're Swifty when you and your best friend call each other Taylor and Carly. <laughs> no. That's funny. And uh, this last one is an email from Duncan, and he said, you know you're a Swifty when your very first words you ever said to your wife was, I'm enchanted to meet you. Oh, see, that worked out. Duncan, you need to talk to Joe and give him some tips so that both of you can look at Whoa, whoa, whoa. Joe, doesn't, Joe doesn't need tips because Joe did it right. <laughs> yeah, he, but... That, know, that girl messed that, up. Okay, so Joe Duncan just did it right with the wrong girl. girl to Joe, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you to everybody who sent those in. That was a great list of them today. Um, really entertaining, really informative. Love it. Those were awesome. Another segment, another little mini segment here. If this was a movie, it's sort of a, an old news segment that we do here where I will assign each of you a movie title and you will determine if one of Taylor's songs was the theme song to that movie, what would it be and why? So really who wants to go first? Um, I guess I will. Sammy. Hope you give me the one movie that, or one of the two movies I've seen. Sammy, yeah. What Taylor Swift song would be the theme story for Lion King? Oh, thank God! <laughs> I'm gonna be a mighty king, so enemies um, beware. Well, um, I mean, I've I've seen the Lion King a few times, and it's uh, it's it's based on a Shakespeare play. Sammy, and, a song. Uh, Let's go. I'm I'm thinking. Sammy's procrastinating um, by giving the history of the Lion <laughs> King because she can't think of something. Okay, so even though it's you know about oh you know this boy trying to take over for his father who's killed by his brother or his uncle. Um, Trivia: Which to, Shakespeare play is that? Hamlet. Yeah. Um, to me, it is also a huge part of the story is the love story between Nala and Simba. So I would say love story. Oh. Love story, which is also, which also based on a Shakespeare song. Shakespeare. <laughs> based Shakespeare uh, play. Fun fact for you, Sammy. Yes. 
My first dog was named Simba. Oh, fun fact. I had a poster of Jonathan Taylor Thomas who voiced Simba on my ceiling. Well, Simba, Simba, my my Simba was... when it would fall down in the middle of the night, it would be like he was kissing me. I was like eight. My my (laughs) Simba, Sammy, was... Is there a word for the opposite of the runt? The like alpha the male biggest. of the litter. The alpha male, I guess yeah. he was the alpha male of the litter because Simba was a 110 pound yellow lab, oh and he God. wasn't fat either. He was that big. When you say a dog named Simba, I picture one of those like chow dogs that look like lions. Well, fun fact number two: Diane's kitty was named Nala. I know that. I actually know that. Yeah. Hmm. Diane, are you ready for your movie? I guess so. That didn't sound so confident. That's because this is scary. I don't know. I feel like this is the hardest game we play. The hardest game. All right. What song in Taylor Swift's catalog would most accurately represent Lord of the Rings series? Oh, I didn't want you to pick that one. I'll, I'll do it. You do it, Sammy. No, what is <laughs> She can do the other one because I haven't seen the other movie. Ugh. I don't know what the other movie is either. I wasn't going to do it at all since Steve's movie? not here. It's a great movie. <laughs> That's what that is. All right, Sammy, That's... do it quick because we're okay. running out of time. So Lord of, the, Lord of the Rings is about this guy with the ring. And um, I would say, uh, I might say I know places because, you know, he's kind of hiding out a lot of times. Because oh, doesn't the ring, ring like on, make him invisible or yeah, something? Yeah, it makes him invisible. And, you know, a lot of people, he's, like, trying to hide from the bad guys. I would say I know places. Clever. Yeah. All right. And the third movie, which was going to go to Steve, but he decided not to show up tonight, is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which I've never even heard of. This is a great movie. I've heard of it. So it's a movie with Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. And basically what it's about, it's about this uh, couple who meets... And they fall in love, um, and then they um, break up. And the Kate, the Kate Winslet character, goes to a place where she can, um, she can um, um, erase the memory of this guy from her mind, so she completely um, forgets about. Are you him. gonna pick clean? Uh, no, but oh. that sounds like a good idea. So yeah, she was literally clean. No, uh, what I was gonna pick was um, wildest dreams. Because Wildest Dreams is about remembering a lost love, and this movie is about forgetting a lost love. So it's just kind of cool. Alrighty. Well, thanks for that. Thanks for picking up uh, that third movie there, Diane. One more thing before we go. We got to find out what is coming up on Taylor's calendar because I don't know. Actually, I do, but I'm pretending like I don't. So Diane can tell us what's coming up. (laughs) Well, on February 15th, Taylor Swift will be part of Saturday Night Live's 40th um, anniversary. And then on February 25th, Taylor uh, will be at the, uh, the Brit Awards 2015 where she's nominated for International Female Solo Artist. And she's also performing. How about that? Thank you for the calendar, Diane. And that's it, guys. Bye. 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 Not ending the episode like that, you sillies. That would be abrupt. (laughs) That would. That'd be a harsh (laughs) ending. (laughs) So you guys do know there are a variety of ways that that you can reach out and contact us to submit to any of these segments. You can, of course, email us. Our uh, podcast email is podcast at taylortalk.org. We each have individual emails as well, which is just our names at taylortalk.org. That's Adam at taylortalk.org, Sammy, Diane, Steve at taylortalk.org. You get the idea. You can reach out to us on all of our various social media accounts. They're all listed at taylortalk.org slash contact. And, of course, if you want to give us feedback on the show, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know how we are doing. Let other people out there know how we're doing. You can take a shortcut to taylortalk.org slash iTunes. That will direct you straight to our iTunes page to leave us a review there. And since we're on the subject of reviews, shout out to Dr. Dre, Dre, Drea, 96, who left us a five-star review on iTunes. Five-star. Woo, woo. Yeah. Thank you for that. And 13. Sorry? It equals a 13 in our world. Exactly. Five stars are really (laughs) 13s. 13 stars. But this is a particularly cool review because this individual said, I started listening to this podcast after Taylor won me over when I watched the Yahoo live stream and I loved it. After 1989 came out, 
I have just continued to love this podcast. My favorite thing is when you guys do song analyses or when you guys analyze songs. Hey, we just did that tonight. Hope you love this episode too. (laughs) They make me love them even more and I get to understand the songs better. Keep up the good work. And the reason I wanted to point this out is because I wanted to say welcome to the Swifty family. Yeah, I love that she's not only a new Uh, You don't know that it's a she, Sammy. Um, Doctor, okay, fine. I love that they are a new listener. He or she is, would be proper English in that position. They would refer to multiple <gasps> people. So I you love, love that, that he, he or she, yeah, is a new listener of us, but also a new listener of Taylor. You yes. know, we have a lot of old listeners of Taylor that have been there since 2007, and we have a lot of new listeners that you know just jumped on the bandwagon when 1989 came out. And I think that they're all equal and they're all awesome and all deserve our love and Taylor's love and yay love. Woo woo, welcome to the family. Alright, now, now I'm ready to wrap up. So, for episode 172 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, this has been Adam, Diane, and Sammy. Saying have a great week, guys. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.